On today's episode, Lloyd John and I take a powerful blow and see what happens. This is The Hard Move. And welcome to The Hard Move, a Powered by the Apocalypse discussion podcast. I am your host, Matthew Gravelin, and with me today is my guest, Lloyd John. How you doing, Lloyd? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. So, we we officially e-met mere hours ago when a, uh, a Twitter thread kind of blew up about a move, and somebody tagged in and said, and asked me if I had this move on the show, and, and I said no, and you and some other folks in the community kind of went real hard on that. Um, so I'm I'm excited to have you on and and further dive into this move. But before we get into it, um, uh, if if you want, you can tell the tell the listeners where they might know you from and, and what you're up to these days. Um, hi everyone, I'm Lloyd. Uh, I'm honestly just a dude. If you've heard of me. <laughs> It's probably because you're awesome and not because I am. So uh, thank you very much for whatever you have. And I love you. So I, you know, hey, I, I, I was checking out your, your, your Twitter feed a little bit. You, you're, you're connected. You're in. You, you, you do some volunteer work. You, um, you know, I've, I've seen some things you've written on RPGs. You've been on some podcasts, it looks like. So I, I'm excited to have you on. And from the, you know, from the excited tweets that I saw sent about this move, I think we're going to have a pretty pretty good conversation here my body has never been more ready perfect well let's do it then why don't i have you name our move ladies and gentlemen the move we'll be talking about is from masks the role-playing game and it's take a powerful blow so this is a little bit of a longer move um so i'm going to read through it and then we will start kind of breaking it down So it says, uh, when you take a powerful blow, roll plus conditions marked on a 10 plus, choose one. You must remove yourself from the situation, flee, pass out, etc. You lose control of yourself or your powers in a terrible way, or choose two options from the 7 to 9 list. On a 7 to 9, choose one. You lash out verbally, provoke a teammate to foolhardy action, or take advantage of your influence to inflict a condition. You give ground, your opposition gets an opportunity, or you struggle past the pain, mark two conditions. On a miss, you stand strong, mark potential as normal, and say how you weather the blow. So that move is a whole choose-your-own-adventure novel of (laughs) options. Um, But the first thing I want to call out here is that this is an inverted move, and I believe it's the only inverted move in Masks. Uh, and one of the very few inverted moves I've ever seen in a game. And that means yes. that you don't want the 10 plus. The 10 plus is bad. The 6 minus is good for you. And it also still lets you mark potential, which is the experience points in this game. So this is the only time in your life that you are just hoping that you roll low. But given the fact that you're rolling with conditions marked, um, similar to the move burn that we talked about in episode 3 it's not likely that you're going to get that that often. Well, it's actually really funny how you bring... What's called? That is actually where it's phrased for that. Mm-hmm. Because for you to be rolling like six below, you can still do it because maximum conditions are five and most likely you have one or two. Mm-hmm. So chances aren't great that you roll below six, but you still can do it. But what makes it really interesting is that when you reach that stage, you have to change the way your mind thinks. 
Mm-hmm. Normally in every PTB, PTB game, you're always like, well, got to roll high, got to get in there. And for the first time, you're actually, <laughs> the way you switch your mind to it, it helps, it helps like reinforce the idea that you've just been hit because you're not taking things like a normal a normal roll would take. You are not like trying to roll high to get things done. You're trying to roll the opposite of that to avoid or basically to shoulder what bad thing is about to happen to you. And that change is what makes it it's such a strong move. Of course, the more fun move is to roll 10 plus and have fun things happen to you. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean... PBTA is classic for their, there's no nothing happening. Something always is going to happen and it should always be fun if you're, if you're, you know, have a good table and you're, you're real into it. Well, the other thing about this move as well is that it's not just that nothing happens when you roll a, on a miss, Mm -hmm. because the miss is the success, you have to describe how you take the blow and you're fine. Mm-hmm. So in a game of superheroes where you're thrown to a wall or someone tells you that you suck or like the whole entire world is collapsing around you and then you roll that miss, it's your chance to do that dramatic music flaring up, you standing up from the rubble, making yourself look amazing. It's not just, oh, nothing happens, yay! It's you showing that you are better than what just happened to you and you're willing to take another step forward to continue doing what you're doing. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, this is that full page spread in the middle of a comic where the you know the main character or something is under a building and then just stands up and you get this beautiful, you know, artist layout of him standing on this pile of rubble holding, you know, his shield up or whatever and saying the catchphrase. It's it's your Spider-Man holding up a building or your Wolverine diving at people with bullets flying at him with the words not dead yet written on the top. For some reason that image has always stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think when we're talking about take a powerful blow and weather it, I think Wolverine is a pretty good stand-in for how that works. I, I'm pretty sure if if someone tried to make Wolverine in this game, they'd have to have take a powerful blow as your basic move. <laughs> as they do that all the time. They're like, yep, that's what I'm doing. Just take us a powerful blows, boys. Yep. Yeah, and, and so this move also is a little different from other moves in the fact that this is kind of a reaction move. This isn't a move that players do this is something that happens to them and it has connections to a lot of the other moves directly engage a threat unleash your powers defend somebody Um, it's referenced in playbook moves on the legacy and the transformed it's connected to an adult move um, overwhelm a vulnerable target so there's a lot of ways in the rules as written that you can end up here but this is also a move that the gm can call on whenever one of the characters is taking harm because in masks there is no harm there is conditions and those feed back into the game to make rolling more difficult and if you get too many you're removed from a scene so this is kind of a very central move to how harm quote-unquote is dealt with in masks um it's a ubiquitous move that gets referenced a lot in the book well it's also very interesting that the this is probably one of the very few ways where someone can basically get themselves knocked out in a scene. Mm-hmm. If it's not for like a super hard GM move. Right. So the you must remove yourself from the situation, flee or pass out, being the one very easy way to go, actually, I think my character should go down for this moment. Mm-hmm. I'll take that move and leave it at that. But what makes it really good is that outside of all of these, there is only two moves 
that have a mechanical effect within the take a powerful blow, which is mm-hmm. the lash out verbally and the, you struggle past the pain. Everything else is based on narrative. Mm-hmm. So it so it doesn't really doesn't really like hurt you and push you down further. It just goes, how are you going to change the scene to fit what just happened to you? And that's what I like about it as well. Yeah, that is that is true. There's a lot written here, but only a couple of these things, as you pointed out, actually have more rules to do afterwards. So, and I think since we're talking mechanically, why don't we focus on those first? Um, as you called out, there is, on the 7 and 9 list, there is you lash out verbally, provoke a teammate to foolhardy action, or take advantage of your influence to inflict a condition. So the second half of that sentence is pretty straightforward. So mm-hmm. there's influence in the game, which is like, you know, strings and monster hearts. It's your relationship, your bonds from Dungeon World or whatever, and you can inflict a condition. But the first part of this sentence is actually what kind of inspired that Twitter conversation, which was provoke a teammate to foolhardy action. There is a move in the game about provoking. And I, if I uh, understood correctly, the conversation that you were having was, does this call that move... Or are they just using the word provoke as a verb? Well, uh, we, finally, we finally got Magpie Games to give us an official statement, mm-hmm. or unofficial official statement, to say that right. it is actually calling that in. So it is yeah. actually the provoke move that goes in. But my argument with it was, well, if you roll, take a powerful blow, then mm-hmm. you fail, you would cascade into provoke a teammate to full-hand action. And mm-hmm. then you roll that. If you fail that again, that's another different gm move hard move they can pull for that mm-hmm. which can or cannot have its own consequences but if you succeed or even partially succeed the options you get are that the player whom you're or the other character that you're provoking mm-hmm. can either add a team to the pool or mark a condition depending on what you pick mm-hmm. so it sometimes feels to me like that option seems like the safest most non-consequential thing to do when it comes to using this taking a powerful blow I could go, well, I'll just provoke a teammate, roll fairly high, and then if they're really lucky, they might not do what they want, and the worst thing that happens is that we won't get a team in the pool. And that's where the argument came from, because I was like, so how does this work mechanically? Because then, wouldn't you have just negated to take a powerful blow that way? It's kind of like you going, oh, double or nothing and rolling again, and that's what the argument came up from. That's what I started building it up to. And then Twitter exploded, and I was like, oh god, why? <laughs> I wasn't ready for this. You 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 had a bold opinion about a role-playing game. This is what happens. Yeah, that was my own fault. <laughs> I, I have to think better than that. I'm sorry. So, no, honestly, I think this is, this is exactly why I started doing this show, was to find out everybody reads these words differently. Like, I'm a, you know, a hobby writer. I, I write role-playing game content, among other things. And it's still so amazing to me that the same set of just a few sentences can be interpreted in so many different ways by so many different people. And this is another great example of it. First, we were just trying to decide, does this provoke mean the move or not? And then if you get into provoke, what happens? And, you know, people were, you were kind of taking a mechanical look at it. Some other people were taking a narrative look at it. I know um, Brandon Leon Gambetta was part of that thread and was really talking about how, um, you know, if, if you cascade from take a powerful blow into provoke somebody and then fail, the hard move is real hard because you went through two moves to get here. So there's a lot of ways to look at this from from many different takes. And that's why I thought it'd be so interesting to kind of dive into this and, and really 
pick apart the flowchart, as it were, of these moves. I think that's really good that you brought that up about what that other person whose name I can't remember, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this podcast, (laughs) said about how going through two moves means it should be a double hard move. I mean, personally, I think all hard moves should be double hard moves. Like, no, 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 none of this this, like soft, soft step thing. Just go right in there. Go big or go home. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. But what's really interesting about this move specifically is it goes, provoke a teammate to doing a full hardy action. If the action you're telling the PC to do isn't foolhardy or isn't considered to be foolhardy enough, I don't see why you should be allowed to do that move in the first place. Like, yeah. you should be able to go, hey, I want... If you're like, okay, you should punch him in the face. And I'm, and I'm like, well, that's not really foolhardy. But if you're like, hey, um, Robin punch superman in the face i'm like okay that's foolhardy right that's gonna get you killed okay i like that that's good make the roll let's go for it yeah exactly and i think that that's very in line with the general ethos of pbta games is it has to be narratively correct before you can do the move this move is telling you specific words And one of those words is foolhardy. So it can't just be the archer guy shooting his arrow at something. That's not a foolhardy (laughs) action. That's just that is his action. The archer guy tossing his bow aside and punching somebody in the face. That's probably a really foolhardy action. And that's what I would be looking for here. I'm sorry. I have this image of someone going, hey, archer guy, do archery. Do do your archery. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. My I should be focused. Sorry, this is a podcast. It's serious business. I gotta. Go oh yeah, yeah. We are we're very very serious here. Serious podcast business. So right. what makes this the second part more interesting to me is that I thought at first that you had to choose between provoking that teammate or take advantage of your influence to do it. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't provoke them unless you had influence. Because that's how I read it at first. Mm-hmm. I, I got sh- I got shot down by this by my players. I was literally like, no, you can just provoke anyone, it's fine. And I thought that made the move a bit more sensible to me because I was like, oh, okay, you're going to provoke them. So if you, without, without rolling, if they don't do what you say, you just lose influence on them and you mm. give them a condition. And that's what I thought the the actual choices were. Yeah, I I always, when I, when I read role-playing game rules, I always really key in on the ands and ors. So when I read this sentence, that or kind of puts a bar there and it says, when you lash out verbally, you have one option or a second option and you can't do both and you have to pick one. So I, yeah, I would read this as provoke a teammate to foolhardy action as a completely separate sentence than take advantage of your influence to inflict a condition. So the way I would read this is I could provoke a teammate to foolhardy action without having influence on them. I think that's fair, and um, I fully understand and stand corrected. To mm-hmm. all my players in the One Shot Club, I'd just like to tell you all, I'm so sorry if you <laughs> lose influence over your precious friends. I will make it up to you, I promise. I swear to God. Uh, and the, the other interesting word choice here is it does say provoke a teammate to foolhardy action. So when you do look at the provoke someone move, there is a section for doing this against an NPC, If I'm reading this really strictly, I would say this isn't a thing you can do on an NPC. This probably isn't a thing you can even do on an enemy. It says teammate, so I'm only looking at this bottom section of provoke someone. Hey, hey, enemy archer, do archery. Right? (laughs) No, I I think we all agree that it it definitely has to be someone you're fighting with, a teammate. And Mm -hmm. not not just someone you picked up last week to join you for this one combat. It has to be someone who's considered part of your team. And yeah. in masks, the team is very important. So, yeah, I, right. I'm with you on that one. It's definitely that. 
yeah, there's a lot with like the team pool and influence and stuff. So like, yeah, you could probably have an NPC fighting with you or, or helping you out at some point. But yeah, I would probably read this as I would key in on teammate and key in on foolhardy and say, those are the two conditions for you to take this move or take this path out of this move and lead it in to provoke somebody. And then when we get there, we're only looking at the bottom section for PCs. I think that's entirely fair. Thank you very much. I think I think we have definitely lashed out verbally on this point. <laughs> Thanks to Twitter and yes. all the glory it's come to, we finally have an answer for this. Yes. We have all taken a powerful emotional blow <laughs> throughout this process. I was not ready for Twitter. I was not ready. <laughs> that should be, yeah, not ready. I'm not ready for Twitter should be a t-shirt, and I would probably wear that every other day because... Yeah, I mean, it's it's always interesting to me anyway, to find out what things, like what aspects of role playing games people are really passionate about and what they get worked up over. Not in like a mean spirited way, just like there are things I care about and focus on in any role playing system that are different than a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, or some other people do focus on how we deal with harm and taking harm and taking consequences. And I like to mostly just hand wave mechanical consequences. Like, let's just tell a story. You know, we'll figure it out later. Like, is your influence up or down? Eh, I don't really care right this moment. Let's talk about Robin punching Superman in the face. I want to I hear about that before we figure out just how dead Robin is. I prefer a mix of both, you see. I mm-hmm. need a mechanical backing, but I also love... I love having my narratives be cool, which is why I love the give ground and mm-hmm. the lose control of yourself so much. Yes. I, But I need some kind of mechanical balance so I know, okay, I'm not cheating these players out of the mechanics of the game. Excellent. Done. Now, how do I get Robin to punch Superman and make sure Superman pays him back for it? That's right. usually... I like, to, I like to keep that mechanical bit down just to ground them. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, I think we've already kind of closed on what the intent was with this move as written. Um, But I did find a section in the book, uh, it's on 163, and it's titled Always Say. And it basically just says, if the character should, this is one excerpt from it, if a character should take a powerful blow, make them roll. And I kind of interpret that to say, to to kind of um, reinforce what we've all kind of agreed upon and what uh, Magpie came out and said was, this provoke, although not capitalized and not the full title of the move, this part of the book says, if you would provoke somebody, you make them roll. So I think this also like really backs that up. You know, anytime you see something in masks that feels like it should be another move or a cascading move, it is. It sounds like that's their intention with the whole book. I think that's fair. I will I will concede on that point and I will definitely admit that I was wrong for the first time in my life. Please don't recall <laughs> please don't Send this recording out to people that know me. I really you, appreciate it. We were all here for the one and only time you were ever wrong in your entire <laughs> life. It's a, it's a momentous occasion. But I think, you know, I I like all this nitpicking. I like this digging into stuff. And I love that Magpie came out and gave us their take on it. But let's all be 100% clear. If you go to your table and don't play this move the way we're talking about it, or the way Twitter's talking about it, or even the way Magpie's talking about it, it's still fine. I agree. That's the best part about all of these games is you can do as much or as little as you want of these. And as long as you're having fun, you are doing it correctly. I fully agree. And (laughs) I will never tell someone that they're playing a game wrong. Yeah. So I feel like 
like we actually kind of hashed through a lot of the mechanics of this move relatively fast. Was there any other of the mechanical bits here that you wanted to call on and, and chat about? Um, actually, yes. Um, most specifically, lose control of yourself and your powers in a terrible way. Mm-hmm. So mechanical, mechanical wise, that specific bit is a little bit hard to go for because normally what you would think is, oh no, Jean Grey's gone crazy and her powers are killing everyone. Woo! But if you're someone, let's say my favorite class, the Beacon, mm-hmm. and you don't have any powers, what counts as losing control of yourself for your powers in a terrible way? I mean, mm. are you backflipping wrong? Are you are you <laughs> trying to shoot Archer? Are you shooting your arrows in a terrible way? You have done archery poorly. You have done this Archer is the worst. <laughs> How does that work for that? What counts as losing control of yourself for your powers in that case? Is it you not being able to use your powers? Are your powers over the top? Are they in between? Does mm-hmm. it only affect people with big boy powers or can your normal average protege who just has martial arts lose control of their martial arts? Yeah, that's I think that's a really good question. And going back to that section, you know, always say this, you lose control of yourself or your powers in a terrible way. This almost sounds like rolling unleash your powers. Almost. But unleash your powers is to intentionally shape your environment. This is tr- saying that this is true. You do it not on purpose. Yeah, I think there might be a situation here where like a really creative GM has them roll unleash your powers, but like takes away all the good options, <laughs> which which doesn't sound great. I mean, you don't want to roll a move where, you know, even if you get a 10 plus, you're going to fail. But like there there might be something there. Like, again, if, if you are very mechanics heavy and you want there to be a role here, you could probably put something together that looks similar to Unleash Your Powers, or, or at least utilizes some of the negative aspects of Unleash Your Powers. True. So, so um, bear with me. I, I have I have a confession to make. <laughs> I actually try and cut down as much physical rolling at my table as physically possible. So that's why I was so against lash out verbally. I'm trying. I I don't want to make players have to roll twice when yeah. they take blows because normally they've rolled once to take the powerful blow. Then they're rolling to take a powerful blow. I don't want them to roll again for a third move. Right. So that's actually, um, the timing of this is pretty good because I just recorded an episode with uh, Rev DeShane from The Crit Show and we talked about um, Act Under Pressure from Monster of the Week and it was the exact same thing. A a lot of people would say, oh, you want to kick some ass, but the werewolf is bearing down on you. So first you do Act Under Pressure to get your gun out and line up a shot and then you do kick some ass. And what he does is he just has them do act under pressure, and that result is also to do the kick some ass. Oh, okay. So I think that I don't think you are in um, a, a, a small subsection of people. I think there's a lot of people, both GMs and players, that want to cut down on quote unnecessary rolling. And I put those in quotes because I don't. You want to roll? You roll. Roll a bunch. Roll all you want. <laughs> we, we all have tons of dice. Better use them. But. If you want to focus more on narrative than reducing the number of roles and thus the number of paperwork you have to do, I think that's fine. Again, like as long as you are having fun and you're kind of respecting the spirit and intent of the system, I say go for it. I think that's entirely fair. And I think your option of going for like a modified Alicia Powers is also perfectly fine. The main reason why I also want to avoid rolling is that potential creep. Mm Mm-hmm. So first off, Mask is the greatest PTBA game of all time. Let's just get out of it. 
<laughs> Fact, you heard it here. Like you heard it here. Like 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 monster heart. I'm like monster heart. Am I right? This is not even go down there. Let's throw it out the window. Dungeon world, no. Monster heart, no. Monster of the week, no. It's mass. Mass is the greatest game of all time. Another another bold statement. Uh, we should probably get your not ready for Twitter shirt on. <laughs> not ready for Twitter. Don't at me. <laughs> but one of the biggest issues is that is actually for this game is leveling up too fast. Mm-hmm. Because your young superheroes, normally in like other PTBA games, you have other factors that are like counteracting how your potential is going up. So you've got like corruption or like harm and other things that are moving towards you having an early end. But this mm-hmm. is a game about superheroes, so you don't have that. And right. every time you roll that six below, you're getting closer and closer to completing your story. So if you want to play a really long, like currently I'm in a like a three season game with like on on a web on on Discord with like twenty players, and the problem we have is that people are leveling up too fast. They're gonna start switching out characters too fast. Right. So the less we have them roll, the better. And you want to give them chances to like you know gain potential, but you want to take away. Too, you don't want to give them too much potential. Right. You want to make it so every roll matters, and take a powerful blow is specifically there because the failure is great and you gain potential, but a success means that I should have to cut down on the rolling and just make things happen. So that's kind of what I was going with. Yeah, and speaking of potential, so the playbooks can, once you get five potential, you get to mark an advancement and start over. Mm-hmm. And once you've taken five of the base advancements, you can take one from the list below, and that's in there is retire from the life or become a paragon of the city. So theoretically, if, if you are trying to rush towards that end as fast as possible, you would need 30 potential to retire from the life. So, yes, I, I mean, 30 potential doesn't like if you're rolling a lot, like what are you getting two or three potential per game? You could be completely retired in 10 games. Yes, easily. So but I mean, again, it, that would be somebody would have to be kind of like racing towards that. There's also moment of truth and taking other playbook moves and taking adult moves and all sorts of stuff in here. So if that is your play style, like you really want to run through a playbook and then start another playbook. Yeah, go for it. I mean, that sounds cool, I guess. To be fair, until I played this like long persistent world game, I had never seen anyone actually switch playbooks before and I had to learn how that works. Yeah, I normally don't play long enough in in games for that to happen. I I like shorter games, one-shot games, that kind of thing. So I, I never really get the chance to do that. But even when I have seen longer games... I'd say I'm listening to a few podcasts. I think one of them, he changed it. Like in one of the podcasts I've listened to for the last two years, they've changed play. <laughs> nope, sorry, two, two. Uh, Friends at the Table and Adventure Zone. They changed playbooks. Matthew, you should join us. Come join our table. We'll have a love to have you over. It'll be great. Come I, down. I, I would, I would absolutely love to. But I have like I, I commute like two hours a day on weekdays, and I still feel the need to do this podcast for some reason. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to carve out some playtime. I really am. Someday I will actually honor all of the invitations that I've gotten from guests. Deal. I'll keep that in mind. I'll watch you. That's good. Yeah. Keep an eye on me. Keep me honest. Also, I mean, we've already started touching on the narrative aspects of it, but like you pointed out, a lot of the stuff. A lot of the options that come out of Take a Powerful Blow are just narrative. Yes. You know, remove yourself from the situation, lose control of your powers, which, again, could be a mechanical, but mostly it's narrative. 
Um, you give ground, you struggle past the pain. Well, that's marked conditions. Um, and then the miss is is almost uh, a purely narrative thing. So this is actually for as as heavy as this move looks, I would say at least half or more is just narrative outcome. And out of the narrative outcomes, other than one, everything is a GM's response. Yes, there is a lot to do for the GM here. There's a lot to manage. Uh, my my favorite GM one, the one that makes me smile on inside is you give ground, your position gets an opportunity. As a GM, you cannot give me that sweet cake and not expect me to eat it. It's so, there is no situation where you cannot come up with an opportunity that the enemy that they are fighting or whatever situation they're in could come against. And that's even for taking a powerful blow for someone telling you that you suck or mm-hmm. for you seeing a loved one perish or anything else like that. There was so much, there's so much in that one line and it, it can completely change the way the game is played. It's like, like defend and all the other moves have like escalation stuff, but none of them gives you the full length of power as a GM as your opposition gets an opportunity. It means that something bad is about to happen. Maybe not right now, maybe not this session, but something bad is about to happen and you need to be ready for it. And that's why I love that one line. It's so good. Yeah, this is, you know, when we're talking about superheroes versus supervillains, there's always a lot of like little moves back and forth, give and take. You know, if you think about Dragon Ball Z is not a comic per se, but there's a lot of like build up, like we're just equally matched and we're just trying to find that one little opportunity. And I think this is that. So this is you know, fighting against each other, you know, the good guy and the bad guy. And one little slip is all the other person needs to get in a physical or emotional blow. You know, this mm. is this is the Joker saying just the right thing to make Batman hesitate for that one second to pull out some big weird contraption to mess up his day. You know, this is, you know, Superman is virtually invincible, but saying, I got Lois Lane... Now he stops. And now the, you have that second for the enemy to do a thing. And I think, yeah, definitely you have to take advantage of that. Even if you're a GM who doesn't like doing really hard moves, I, you kind of have to here. This is that This is that page in the comic book. And I think that should be honored. Also, if you're a GM who doesn't like doing hard moves, I have some news for you. Do hard moves. It's good for you. Listen, <laughs> listen, 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 GM out there who's listening doesn't like hard moves. Trust me, just... Just get in the mindset and you see how good it is. Just trust. Yeah, it's it's your, it's your oh no, we've defeated him, but Perfect Cell has formed. That's what makes it so good. I love it. And it helps. It really is a good way to practice your GMing like improv in coming up with an opportunity at that point. Even if you can't think of anything, you can always hold it back and be like, wait, I need to come up with something. And it's a superhero game. So it doesn't matter how outlandish your thought is. As mm-hmm. long as it's good, you just have to work with it and make it match the narrative. And if it matches the narrative and the players who are on the table, it's good. Like, there's so much in Take a Powerful Blow that every GM needs to learn that I love. It's such a great move. Yeah, and, and this is also a game where there's no traditional harm and dying. There's just kind of like getting knocked out, getting removed, suffering low rolls from conditions and stuff. And... and like we said, one of the options for take a powerful blow is you remove yourself from the situation. Sometimes that's actually the best thing for the player and the scene for 
I have so many conditions that I basically can't roll on anything. So maybe I just get knocked out or I flee or whatever. And that's what starts the narrative of the team retreat or somebody needs to protect me or, you know, that's the nod to the GM to let the big bad start overwhelming them. You know, that doesn't have to be just you're dead and everybody has to keep doing what they were doing. Oh, here's another way that take a powerful blow matters so much. If you flee from something difficult, you clear you're afraid. Mm -hmm. And if you take a foolhardy action, you clear insecure. Yeah. So already you've got ways to clear conditions built in to take a powerful blow that you can use. So at the end of the scene, you clear the conditions that you already have. So it's still it's still an incredibly beneficial move. It's just it's just it's just you need to take a lot of pain to get to the pleasure. So that's how it that's how it works. Yeah, the condition you know, engine, the the condition economy of masks is so interesting because, yeah, it replaces harm, but it's not just an analog for harm. You get conditions and lose conditions so many times and in so many ways that it's no other harm system does that. No other harm system lets you take and remove harm as freely and as easily as masks does with conditions. So, that might be hard to see on the surface, but don't be afraid to take conditions because it's really easy to get rid of conditions. And both of those things are very narratively interesting. Also, the conditions are the way to make yourself look cooler because it gives you roleplay reasons. If you're afraid, act afraid, angry, guilty, insecure. What's the last one? Hopeless. It, it's already giving you narrative reasons to act like a teenager. Mm -hmm. So embrace it and then enjoy it and also give people reasons to try and use other mechanics with you like confidence support or their own basic moves to come within it conditions conditions are really a really elegant way to have a superhero game where you don't have to worry about breaking some teenage some young kids arms right you could just you could be like no mark condition that villain isn't going to like literally break you in two when he punches you but you're gonna feel like he did it's gonna scare you and i like that that's what I like about it. It's 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 a very masks is so perfect in the way it makes us play the tropes and not just people with powers. And no other superhero game does that that I know of even today. Yeah. No superhero game is less about what you can do and who you are than who you are. And that's what I like about masks. And conditions really helps emphasize that because physically it's not about whether or not Superman can punch you or not. It's how you feel about Superman punching you or not. And that's what matters to me. Yeah, there's very few comics that lean into, oh, here's a scene of a superhero in the hospital because he got beat up. But there are dozens, hundreds, thousands of comics that show the superhero running away from something or gonna he's gonna give up the life of being a superhero because he feels hopeless or hesitating because he is insecure like that happens constantly and i think again these these five simple checkboxes have captured not only what it's like to be a superhero and have big emotions but also what it's like to be a teenage superhero and have really big really unpredictable emotions see so have i convinced you that mask is the greatest role-playing game of all time yet have I ever done it yet? Uh, yes. Yeah, we got that. And yes. and I would agree okay, with you. Good. Masks is is easily, easily in my top PBTA games, which is which is saying something. It's not like my favorite game, but I really don't like... What? Hang on. 
I don't really like superheroes as a as a genre, as a thing I want to play. I have a lot of qualms with most of these tropes, but this game is so good that it is completely overcome that in me. Like this game, if I'm going to play a superhero game, it's going to be masks. Hard stuff. I don't think there's any other game out there that I'm going to want to play enough to get over not wanting to be a superhero or or maybe a better way to say that is I would prefer to be a monster hunter or I would prefer to be a damaged person or I would, like whatever but this game is good this this game is written well everything is connected everything makes sense like when this game is firing on all cylinders you are in a comic book I think that's entirely fair I will forgive you for your transgressions <laughs> this one time <laughs> that, that's my free pass that's a free pass. Lord Conway will be coming for you and you should pray to him for your, as your lord and savior, but it's fine. Yes. It's fine. I'll accept it. I feel like I've done enough flattery to, to, get, to get by one time. One time. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and as, again, as you mentioned, this move does have the GM playing a lot in here. Um, they are arbitrating you know, the results and kind of picking up the narrative from the player's choices and rolling. Is there any specific tips or tricks for the GM to help them navigate this move and get through all of this text without feeling overwhelmed? Yes. Uh, first up, when you tell a player to take a powerful blow, always know that the consequences can be incredibly amazing. It can be, you don't know how it's going to turn out, but if they roll high enough to reach 10 plus, you may be having to make some really fast decisions about the game you're playing and what you're going for. So always remember to be flexible. When it comes to making people lose control of themselves and their powers in every terrible way, like I said before, if they're like a Nova or something, if whatever their playbook is, go for that. If they're like a beacon, point out how useless they are compared to everyone else. If they're a Nova overcharge their powers they can't control it anymore if they're a protege all their training is for nothing if they're transformed they're hideous and disgusting losing control of yourself should tie to your playbook try and keep it around that area or just go wild do what you want i'm not your dad when it comes <laughs> to giving ground and pushing gets opportunity once again think about the narrative that is being played is there something cool you can do with the enemy they're facing at that point that will change it? Does Perfect Cell decide to form himself right point? Do they discover a new Super Saiyan level? Whatever you need to do at that point, just think bigger. Always try to escalate things if players leave things to you. Also, sometimes if you player go, hey, I have a really good idea of what this could be. Can I go for it? Go for it. Because usually the player has a much worse idea than you're going to get, so you might as well stick with what you have so far. Isn't that true? Players are always going to always. just be terrible to themselves. Like Always. I mean, I'm the worst for it. I, you, If you tell me, ah, hey, Lloyd, you lose control of Paz Terbury, what do you want? I'm like, the world ends. I destroy everything. <laughs> Nobody lives. Yeah, next season we're just floating around in, in the vacuum of space. <laughs> I, uh, I love... I love the idea that players can give really good feedback for it. And just like just like Lily Blackbird taught us, sometimes it's really good to ask a player, what do you think would happen in this situation? Oh, and 100%. That's always a really good goal for it. So that's one of those things I like. So ask your player something good for them to go for. If they have a lot of conditions and they're about to roll take a powerful blow, laugh because you might as well, because this is not going to turn out well for them. There's nothing they can do about it. 
if they choose to remove themselves from the situation, don't let them be passed out for the rest of the game. Right. Let them take that moment and maybe concentrate on the other players because they've chosen to sit this one out, but come back to them. Finally, always keep in mind that conditions are important and what their conditions are and ways to clear them are within Take a Powerful Blow. So mm-hmm. take a look at that, look at those two things and remind them, go, hey, you know what? If that player takes a four out of the action under the scene, they can clear and secure. So I'm um, just saying, like, you maybe want to go for it. Have a good time. Everybody's happy. Woo. And that's my advice I'm giving you. That's it. Yeah. I, as much as I love the condition system, it is a little much to get into when you're first learning the game, especially if you are really used to other games that have a more traditional harm track. So I think that's great advice for the the GM to be on the lookout for ways you can encourage the players to clear their conditions, because like you said, they're everywhere. I mean, this move has, what, two, three different ways to clear conditions just in this one move, and this one move that they are arguably going to be taking every time they do a fight. No, every time. You don't always have to go for take a powerful blow. Sometimes you just give them a condition, or sometimes you can just do other things like change the narrative or use opportunities. But when you feel, okay, I feel I have actually hurt this player emotionally and physically, mm-hmm. have them take a powerful blow. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's the other thing is is the book. Um, I think the most kind of flesh out one is in directly engage a threat. Um, when you trade blows, it, it basically says trading blows is give them a condition as the GM, give a player a condition or have them do take a powerful blow. And again, I see the word or there and I really take like this is not there's no situation where you do both. I'm reading this and I'm saying if it's obvious, I'm just going to give you a condition. If it's up in the air, if it's a little ambiguous to me at this moment, or it would be really interesting to do take a powerful blow and see some of these options fire, I'm going to put that back in the player's hands and say, okay, something bad happened to you. Let's just get that out of the way. It's bad. Now roll some dice and let's find out what kind of bad it is. I think that's entirely fair. Oh, also, if you want to start a fight and make them absolutely like poop themselves start the fight with take a powerful blow (laughs) (laughs) don't be that guy like me who does this it's really mean but do it anyway because it's funny yeah i mean there's there are moments there there are times where that happens i bet there's you know uh the enemy gets the drop on you or you know an ally turns on you like there are probably moments when take a powerful blow is the first action in a sequence also, it's really good for emphasizing just how what kind of high stakes you're taking. You're going, you start the combat and bam! Enemy's like, nope, I am not going to even give you time to monologue. I'm just right in there. And you're like, oh, crap. Yeah, exactly. It sets the stage. It lets everybody know how serious this is. And again, like, you know, take a powerful blow is not, and you die. Like, th- none of these are, you're done now. They're all, there are lots of roads out. The player has a lot of agency here. Um, and everything just feeds back into a really interesting narrative. Oh, and one more thing. Take a powerful blow does not have to be physical. It can be emotional. It can be mental. It can just be they turn around and their local burger joint is closed if you want. And they're just <laughs> that hurt by it. It's like, oh my. I mean, there are there are times where, you know, I'm I'm craving a food and I drive and I get in the car and I, I, you know, I put a jacket on and I go and then they're closed. And it's just like, well, yeah, the whole world ended just now. Like, yep, just that like is that. literally the worst thing. I choose to mark two conditions. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yes, I'm probably angry and hopeless at this point. 
So the rest of my scene is going to be pretty weird. Well, I feel like we have... Honestly, I feel like we've covered a lot in a, in a relatively short span of time. Was there any part of this move that we didn't cover or that you wanted to bring up now? No, I think I think we nailed it. At least I think we nailed it. I don't know. I'm not the podcast owner. Do you think we nailed it? Please tell me we did. No, it feels it feels good. It feels like that was a very dense and important discussion. Um, I I do I have on my I am ready for Twitter shirt. So if anybody <laughs> wants to at me with their thoughts and opinions on this, uh, always. I mean that's a that's a standing invitation on every episode. If you disagree or have extra thoughts or just want to weigh in you know at the hard move and tell me what you what you think that's again that's one of the most interesting things to me about role-playing games is nine times out of ten you're not wrong like so many people so many different opinions can be correct because it's a game that's that's what this is everybody has their way of making it fun and i love hearing about that uh virtually every episode i've done the guest comes on and tells me stuff that I never even thought of. So that's like one of the most self-serving benefits of this show is I just get to learn so many different ways of doing games. I'm very grateful and honored that you thought I was awesome enough to come on here. I never thought it was going to happen. I just want to say thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's been a great conversation. You are absolutely unequivocally awesome enough to be on this show. Um, Absolutely. Definitely. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Also, please don't at me. I'm sorry if I said anything bad. (laughs) At me. I will. Yes, I'm I'll defend somebody. This is, you know, at me. Definitely hit me up. But I mean, that's the thing is like. Don't come at me with, you know, your anger. Like, you have an opinion, and it's probably right. Let's just get that out of the way. Like, you know, however you're playing this game is fine, as long as you're not being a literal real-world jerk to your players. Yes, please. All right. Well, Lloyd, um, I give uh, everybody, all of the guests get some space to to plug anything that they'd like to plug. Is there any channels or projects or websites or anything that you would like to take this space to tell the listeners about? Um, just one, actually. Uh, like I said before, the One Shot Club is a fairly inclusive, open, safe space gaming channel on Discord. And we have a Masks Persistent World server with about 40 players currently who play and with five GMs who play every week. So if you're interested and you want to come down, at me, at me without yelling at me, but don't <laughs> at me to yell at me. It's very important to distinguish this. Uh, come on down and, um, you know, put an app and then we'll, we'll just come join us and you might have a great time. Or you might hate it. I don't know. I'm yeah. not your dad. Woohoo! That's, that's <laughs> the only plug I'm going to put in because it's masks. It's probably best that way. Perfect. And I, uh, it's a great plug. Yeah, I, I know I'll be definitely checking that out as well. Uh, Lloyd's uh, app will be down in the show notes. So if you're interested in that, check it out. Again, anger at the hard move, you know, inclusive gaming server at Lloyd. Well, Lloyd, thank you again for uh, making some time for this. Again, this was like a super quick turnaround between real world conversation and recording an episode. So I appreciate you uh, being on the show and really diving into this move with me. I have crossed oceans to talk about masks. So anytime, just (laughs) hook me up. I'm down. Yeah. No, we do. I mean, we digitally crossed an ocean today to do it. I know. So proud of us. Awesome. Well, Lloyd, thank you again. And listeners, thank you for tuning in for another episode of The Hard Move. We'll be back next Wednesday with another move, uh, as always, at The Hard Move. If you want to chat about what you've heard in an episode. And you can also support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Hard Move. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye.
Bye. The Hard Move is hosted and produced by Matthew Gravelin. You can follow the show on Twitter at The Hard Move and support the show at patreon.com slash the hard move. Music is by Nick Gravelin. You can find his work at nickgravelin.com. You can follow Lloyd on Twitter at Drugged Dwarf. Content featured in this episode is from Masks by Brendan Conway. For more information, visit magpiegames.com.